0: Welcome to Query, where we provide simple answers to your tech questions. My name is Micah Sargent, and of course, I'm joined by my co host, Stephen Hackett. Hello, Stephen.
1: Hey, Micah, how are you?
0: I am doing pretty well today. We've got some uh, fun questions on the docket that uh, I'm looking forward to answering.
1: Yeah, I've got a bunch of stuff. We should say it's new iPhone and Apple Watch season. Uh mm-hmm. so I think you and I are both enjoying our new giant phones, right? Everything.
0: <laughs> giant phones and our giant watches. I love this watch, Steven. I love it so much. I wasn't going to do
1: it. I think I talked to you about that I wasn't going to do a watch and uh I caved. My my store <laughs> had the uh the space gray aluminum and I've been a stainless steel man the whole time just about, but uh I checked this out and I like the weight being lighter. I like the size. Um I did just do GPS. They had LTE as well, but then I realized that I think I used the LTE on my Series Three watch like three times in a year, so I'm <laughs> foregoing it this time. And yeah, the screen's really nice, and it's uh, it's pretty
0: sweet. It's uh, it's so much bigger than I had imagined. Like the, the the screen real estate that's available. It's you know the the numbers are these tiny little millimeter measurements, but when you actually look at the screen and see all the extra space that's there. The two don't seem to add up, but I'm very happy about it. I'm very happy about all the space that I have to put way too many complications in.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. We're going to move into some questions, though, because the people, the people have questions, and we're here to answer, to answer those questions. It's like a back and forth between us and the audience.
0: Yeah, it's weird how that works. So what's up first? Uh, well, Ben writes in to ask about... This rumor that recently happened or sort of this drama that happened. There is a report circulating that Apple can delete movies you have purchased from your library without notifying you. Please confirm, deny, clarify. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for writing in to uh, talk about this. I saw this pop up. uh, A couple different sites were covering it after there was a tweet uh, from Anders Da Silva on Twitter who had said, hey, I've got three movies I bought that disappeared from my iTunes library, and I need to know what's going on there. And Apple's like, yeah, those uh, aren't available to you anymore, but hey, here are some rentals you can have. And he obviously didn't want you know, rentals to replace movies that he purchased, and it kind of got picked up from there, and the uh, blogs hopped on it, Stephen.
1: Yeah, so it, it looks like what what happened is that this user ran into the funny business of iTunes regions. So step back for a second. Do you remember, you're too young to remember DVDs, but those of us <laughs> who remember DVDs we remember one downside to them over VHS was they were region locked. So if you bought a movie on DVD, say here in the United States, and you put it in a DVD player in China, it wasn't going to work. And there were some ways around it. People did weird things, but it was sort of a way to lock a piece of media to a geographical region for you know, I guess copyright reasons, protection reasons, that sort of thing. And iTunes sort of adopted a lot of that stuff when it came around. Now, of course, iTunes music, now if you if you still purchase music in iTunes, that's now sort of the DRM is basically non-existent. But video like the movie and TV show industry is still very much in this world of Hey, things are locked down. Things are protected. You can't download, you know, the newest episode of Better Call Saul in iTunes and then put it on a torrent site. Like, that doesn't work. And it seems like this user ran into this because they moved from Canada um, to uh, Australia and
0: Mm – or vice versa. They moved to Canada. Yeah, yeah. from Australia.
1: Yeah, so from Australia to Canada. And those movies that were sort of the Australian region – wouldn't will not play anymore and apple issued a statement about this that sort of explained it uh saying that any movies you already downloaded can be enjoyed at any time and will not be deleted unless you've chosen to do so so in itunes you can go in and like manu- manually delete the file off
0: your machine and then just re-download it or stream it if you need it yeah which is something that uh macOS will actually recommend if you check your storage settings
1: yeah because yeah, uh you know not everyone has a big drobo with like you know uh 17 terabytes worth of hard drives in it, like some of us oh, do. Oh, dear. I won't say who. Uh, <clears throat> so Apple goes on. If you change your country settings, some movies may not be available to re-download from the movie store if the version you purchase isn't also available in the new country. So it seems like these movies may have been for sale in Australia, but for some reason, probably way outside of Apple's control, not in the Canadian store. And so they mm. couldn't be uh, accessed there. And then Apple says, it's pretty simple to fix it, change your region back, so in this case, back to Australia, and then re-download the movies, and once they're on your local drive, you can play them. So this is sort of like a, yeah, maybe it's confusing because people don't think about media regions, and my guess is iTunes could probably be more clear in the way it handles some of this stuff, but Mm -hmm. the idea that Apple is like going around zapping movies out (laughs) of people's iTunes libraries... Uh, you know, it's not like uh, Eddie Cue's putting on a ski mask and sneaking in the middle of the night. So,
0: oh my, that's that is the most horrific. That is the most horrific <laughs> image I have ever, I don't know, envisioned. Because he, of course, he's going to be wearing one of his wild shirts. Yeah, and so it's like a wild shirt, a, <laughs> and ski, a black mask, ski mask, and a black. And you just like walk in, and he's hunched over your Mac, deleting videos and like chuckling to himself,
1: yeah. <sighs> trying to oh, that's get, into your, get into your iMac. So. So yeah, so that's what's going on here. So it's nothing to worry about. Um, it's something to think about if you you know drastically move to different parts of the uh, of the world, but it is what it just is. Just
0: make it part of your moving checklist to download those films first um, before you go. You know, if you if, if you're planning on moving to different regions where the agreement that Apple has with different studios is probably different and so the money may be different whether it's HD or SD may be different. If the 4K versions are available will be different because they make deals all over the place and they all are different. Uh, go ahead and just download them uh, and instead of just having them up in your cloud and then they'll be available to you when you get to your new country and you won't even have to do that region change
1: sounds like sounds like good advice put it put it on your moving list i guess (laughs) all right we've got a bunch more to talk about but first i want to tell you about our first sponsor and that is pingdom this episode of query is brought to you by pingdom while you've been listening to this podcast did you have a little voice in the back of your head ask what if your website's gone down you don't know probably You wouldn't know if customers couldn't click that Buy Now button. You wouldn't know if they couldn't access your content. You may stumble across the problem by luck, or worse, you may get a tweet about it saying, hey, doofus, your website's down. The truth is, you need something to tell you that everything is running smoothly on your site, and more importantly, when it's not. You need Pingdom. Pingdom will let you know the moment your site goes down in whatever way is best for you. They're smart, too. You get the information needed to solve the issue sent to whoever needs it whether that's one person or a whole team of engineers. They're dedicated to making the web faster and more reliable. They use more than 70 global test servers that emulate visits to your site, checking its availability as once as every minute. All Pingdom needs is the URL, and they take care of the rest. Don't risk being the last to know about something on your site being broken. Start monitoring your website today. Go to Pingdom.com slash Relay FM right now for a 14 day free trial with no credit card required. And when you sign up, use the code QUERY at checkout to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, so iOS 12 is out, and a big feature in this release is screen time. But once you kind of dig into it, it I think it's actually like downright confusing in places, and we have <laughs> we have several uh, listener questions we wanted to address. and I think that the most common one is what is the difference between screen time and downtime? So these are two mm-hmm. related features that do sort of similar things and actually can compete with each other in certain situations., uh, so we thought we'd walk through this a little bit. So, Screen time is sort of the headline feature where you can go into settings and you get a graph of this is how much time you're spending in any given app or category of app. So you're spending, on average, 37 minutes a day on YouTube, an hour and a half on social media, 10 minutes in email, uh, 17 hours in Slack, you know, whatever it is. So that's screen time 17. is I feel, oh, 17 hours. It feels like it. Uh, so screen time is collecting all that and reporting it back to you. Part of that is what app, Apple calls app limits. So you can say, oh my gosh, I'm spending a lot of time in, in TweetBot. I want to spend less time on Twitter. And you can say, okay, give me an app limit of 30 minutes a day for TweetBot. So throughout the day, anytime it's in the, in the on the front of the screen is what you're looking at, a little timers going in the background. When you hit 30 minutes, iOS says, hey – You told me to tell you when you spent 30 minutes on TweetBot, you've reached your limit for the day. And you get warnings as you get closer, so you get like a five-minute warning. You can bypass it. So the screen basically has two buttons uh, that says, you know, okay, and then bypass. And you can say, I want 15 more minutes, or like I did on – or like I did on Monday – I said, "Hey, you know, I just want to be able to use Tweetbot freely for the rest of the day cuz Monday was Mojave's release. It was a busy day for me for work, so I, I want to be able to open Tweetbot without being reminded that I self, you know, past Steven wanted some self-control." <laughs>
0: <laughs> Didn't want to be reminded of self-control, Steven.
1: <laughs> yeah, so self-control Steven is no fun. So that's app limits. That is within the screen time feature. But then you also have downtime so downtime lets you schedule times of day when access to apps will be blocked. For instance, like children during bedtime, or I think the default is even is like 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. or something. So basically, you know, at night or some point during mm-hmm. the day for a period, a window of time, I want all apps, uh, all apps sort of like blacklisted and uh, only ones I've allowed to come through and like Phone messages you know, can be allowed. Phone is actually never blocked. You can always use your phone as a phone, which makes a lot of sense. But you could say everything else is off.
0: <laughs> I sometimes forget my phone is a phone, to be honest. But uh, yeah, I mean, downtime is the, the sort of kill everything feature. Just like a wide swath, just sort of blanket. We're not doing anything between these times. This is going to make sure that everything... Uh, is blocked off but of course then you can go in to choose certain apps that will be available at all times Um, and by default Apple always allows messages FaceTime maps and phone you can't even remove phone from the always allowed so you can but you can remove messages FaceTime and maps if you want to
1: yeah And so these things, you can kind of see how they work together, right? So you have screen time kind of being a self-control issue, and you have downtime, which I really think of as a parental control system, but you can use it on yourself. You can put all this behind a passcode so you can hand a kid an iPad and they can't get around it. Uh, So these are the two systems, related but different.
0: Yeah yeah cuz I really see screen screen time is a passive thing it is a way for you to see how you're using your device and then if you want to become active within that passive option of seeing how you use your device, then downtime is one of the four tools available to you. So screen time is sort of the umbrella, and it's an umbrella with uh, graphs on it because you can you can see everything, uh, how many times you pick up your device and which apps you're using. And then now that you've got your umbrella uh, and you're looking and seeing all those things, then the tools within are downtime, app limits, uh, apps that are always allowed, and content and privacy restrictions. So once you've been given that knowledge of, oh my Lord, I pick up my phone 700 times a day and I'm looking at Twitter 64% of that time, then you can use things like downtime or again, app limits or other tools to help change the graph that is screen time.
1: Yeah, so that's, that's all that stuff. So that leads obviously to some, quest- to some questions. And uh the first one is from Brett and it's about Safari. So how do I manage Safari in screen time for iOS twelve? I've turned on downtime, so again, different features but confusing. Uh but I can't list Safari to always be on. Safari opens and every website tells me I've reached my daily (laughs) limit. I can't find a way to either whitelist sites or allow all sites. So basically to whitelist Safari. So I was like bebopping in the document saying, oh, well, just make sure it's in the always allowed list. But then, Micah, you dropped a little bit of a bombshell on me in the Google Doc.
0: Yeah, this doesn't make sense, folks. But for some reason, Apple has not listed Safari as an option in always allowed. I've, I was like, oh, no, that can't be true. I'm going to look through the list 15 times. And I'm also going to look for words like web or sites or browser or some other thing because of the way that. The you know, sometimes there are subsets of apps. No, you can't. You can, you can do Chrome, you can add Chrome to the list of always allowed apps, but Safari <laughs> is not included, and uh, that makes no sense. Gotta, it's got to be a mistake, it's got to be
1: a bug. Yeah, yeah, you said that, and I looked at the list like very slowly. I was like, oh, come on, it's like, oh, you're not there. <laughs> he's,
0: he's lying. <laughs> so, it's
1: not it's yeah. not only Brett. Uh, so what I would say is check that Safari's not caught in an app limit because that, that would be telling you why you've reached your time being up. Um, mm-hmm. So I would just have Safari in no app limit, and uh, you, I think that would do it. Um, but yeah, this seems like something that will probably get fixed in you know 12.0.1 or something. So anyways, <laughs> good times. <laughs> good times. It's hilarious. Poor Safari. <laughs> uh, Jason asks, I like downtime hours Sunday through Thursday to be more restrictive than Friday through Saturday. Uh, Without my kids needing to authorize more time every weekend, is there an option for this somewhere?
0: (sighs) Sigh. It's if you want to use downtime to do this. Again, these different tools that are available. Downtime is blanket. It is. It is a full on sort of everything gets blocked. And yes, you can set then which apps are always allowed despite downtime, but those are not going to, uh, th- that's just for at all times, allow these apps. And downtime is saying at all time at these times, do not allow these things. So if you want to have more nuanced control, Stephen has uh, figured out that app limits is probably your best bet for that, right?
1: Yeah. So, so with app limits, you do have the option to say, I want 30 minutes of Netflix during the week and 60 minutes on Saturday. So it's not turning everything off, but it's again, using the app limit sort of mechanism and you can do that you can go into an individual app limit setting and tap on the time there's no indication that should do anything but what it does is open a new panel that shows days of the week so you can adjust that oh, um, lord you can do uh do do that so uh apple's got some clarification to do here and uh, i hope that they do it because these, these are powerful features uh, at least for people who will pay attention to them but they should be easier to use
0: yeah, I I think that there needs to be a better walkthrough or tutorial for these things, uh, especially for parents who want to set this up for their children and who might be going, okay, this like I don't know what different categories of apps are. I don't because even. I, going into the categories, I'm like, well, where does Safari fit into this? Is it an other app? Is it is it social media? Is it reading? Is it reference? Like, there are all of these different things, and I would love to have a clearer understanding of which apps are going to be blocked based on their categories.
1: Yeah. Uh, I, think the, I think we'll see that sort of thing come. I really hope we do. All right. Well, it's almost time for the speed run, but we're going to first tell you about our second sponsor, and that is molecule i'm sure you've spent a lot of effort into making your home comfortable welcoming and if you're like micah a super duper smart home (laughs) but have you ever thought about air pollutants in your home because without them you could be sleeping better you may feel better and live better molecule is the only air purifier that actually destroys pollutants Let me tell you why that's important. More than 80% of people living in urban areas that monitor pollution are exposed to air quality that doesn't meet recommendations set by the World Health Organization. Worst news is that indoor air can be up to five times worse than outdoor. And if you hear this and think, well, I'd like cleaner air, then you need a molecule. It features breakthrough technology that is finally capable of destroying air pollutants at a molecular level and there are many happy customers are reaping the benefits with some people saying they're able to breathe through their noses for the first time in years. Molecule has a clean design with a high quality experience, but more importantly it's been tested by real people and they've already helped some allergy and asthma sufferers cope with their conditions. The Molecule air purifier is whisper quiet, energy efficient, made for rooms of all sizes is portable and connected because you can use its touchscreen or remotely using the iPhone or Android app. You need to go and look at the molecule air purifier to see what it can do and see how sleekly le- and to see how sleek looking this thing is. It really is beautiful. Head to molecule.com. That's a molecule with a K. M-O-L-E-K-U-L-E.com to take a look around and when you make your first order, be sure to use the code QUERY for $75 off. That's QUERY for 75 bucks off your first order. Our thanks to Molecule for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, time for the speed run. Bastian writes: As an Android user who kind of really wants—I <laughs> like that—talking himself into it in the question, kind of really <laughs> wants the iPhone 10R. How often do the two of you use 3D Touch? Can I live without it on iOS as a power user? So the 10R is the first phone since the 6S to come without. 3d touch so it is
0: not there Mm -hmm. on that lcd uh what do you think mike is that a big deal I don't think it's a huge deal. Um, In fact, just the other day, I had this moment where I was surprised by an app that using the 3D touch feature in a way that made sense to me and that actually, I think, added to the experience of of the app. Uh, It's a habit tracking app. And you could just basically pop it open and you 3D touch the screen. And then that lets you basically check mark. You can 3D touch anywhere on the screen and it check marks like, oh, yes, I've done this habit for the day. And that was like a delightful experience because normally you'd have to sort of find a tap target, go in and hit the checkbox or something like that, and to have the full screen available to just say, yes, I've done this thing that I'm trying to make a habit was kind of nice. But that should give you a hint that for the most part, 3D touch is not uh, something that is used s- too terribly often, or rather maybe is, is not something so important that it's going to make a difference for a power user, uh, especially because the iPhone XR has a 3D Touch replacement, which is the long press. Um, And I'm already used to using that on iPad because I, of course, as Steven said, I have a, a pretty smart home. And to do adjustments and make changes to color and brightness on the iPhone using the home app, you 3D Touch to access those extra settings. Well, iPad doesn't have 3D Touch, so you just down on the tile and then it pops open to let you see color and brightness settings if you're you know changing the light so the long press is great and I also think that it's good because a lot of people when I've heard complaints about sort of navigation and understanding of their devices that long press versus 3d touch uh, barrier is it's or threshold rather is is a pretty tough thing to figure out and oftentimes people will run into an issue so you might even find that that as someone who's an Android user switching to an iOS device, the long press might be a better option for you because you haven't had the practice. This is kind of silly, but you haven't had the practice that the rest of us have had with 3D Touch.
1: I think that's totally fair. I, I If 3D Touch is going away, I'm not sure I, I would miss it. Because like you said, the yeah. long press replaces it and it's sort of confusing when you have both both available, so I think you would be totally fine. I also think the 10R is going to sell really well. I think we're going to see a bunch of those things oh, out in
0: the world. It's so hot. The blue color is so hot. It does look good. I'm mad about it. all righty let's move on to talk about i calvin who writes in to ask what is the best way to do an overhaul of my ios device home screen layout itunes no longer seems to have the ability to do it and moving them all individually yes even in groups with ios 11 plus multi-drag seems very tedious Ugh, i agree i calvin steven help us it is very tedious
1: (laughs) i totally agree Apple should make rearranging the home screen a lot simpler and a lot less frustrating, honestly. Like you said, iTunes used to do this. They got rid of that when they sort of stripped the App Store and other things out of iTunes. The only really way to do it externally uh, is going to be through Apple Configurator, which is an app that is on the Mac App Store, has a pretty sorry star rating, (laughs) Uh, but it's there. But, uh, so I actually spoke to somebody who works like in enterprise, they support iOS devices. And they were like, yeah, you can do it with configurator, but it's overkill because you have to set your phone up as a managed device, which basically your phone is like an MDM like environment at this point. So like configurator owns that phone and that is a lot of overhead just to avoid like the dancing icon mode. So (laughs) it is possible through configurator, but you probably shouldn't do it. Uh, it would be it would be my advice at this point, uh, but yeah, I think like, we're in agreement that Apple should Apple should do something to make this less of a
0: frustrating experience. Yeah, like add it back to iTunes. Just do that, please. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or like, let, it'd be kind of fun to um, have the iPad and the iPhone sort of sync up or something, and then you could make changes to the iPhone home screen from the iPad, where you've got more room to drag around, uh, or. You know, just, again, add it back to iTunes, please. Or I guess people are probably like, no, iTunes is bloated, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, it would be nice to have some more ways to deal with that.
1: So our friend Brian wrote in and asked, uh, some of my home devices need a button to be pushed to work, like my kettle. So a Wi-Fi plug that just supplies power doesn't work, right? Because it just turns the power on, but there's nothing there to push the button. Is there anything there that can automate these processes? Now, you have an Amazon link in here. I have not looked at it. Please tell me this is a robot. (laughs)
0: it is it is overkill. it is not anything that I recommend like this is this is taking things even for me who 's filled his home with home kit goodies and and other smart home gadgetry. I think this is silly, however, to answer the question, there is a way to where there 's a will there 's a way and there is both a will and a way um, if you really really, really want to use. Uh, A Wi-Fi plug and sort of set up home automation for, you know, using your kettle and getting that started in the morning. My recommendation is to get a kettle that has a switch that is automatically triggered to turn off when it starts boiling the water. Um, So you would go buy one of the I mean, it's like the most common kettle available uh, to To folks in the UK or something like that. I can't remember who makes it, but essentially at night you would fill it with water and you would flip the switch to turn it on. But of course, it would be off at the power plug because that's the Wi Fi plug. And then you'd set it to turn on at 7 a.m. or what have you. It would boil the water and then the plug would switch off as soon as the water starts boiling. Then you can come in and make your tea or your coffee or what have you. But if you've got the, uh, I think it's Bonavita. kettle like some of us coffee snobs including myself that of course has a power button that you have to set and that is where (laughs) microbots Push comes, <laughs> comes into play. Microbot makes a thing called Push. It is a wireless robotic button pusher that you can use for smart home automation. It's $42. So, again, it is so not worth it, but it's kind of fun because it works with rocker switches, push buttons, push buttons that aren't protruding, toggle switches, tactile buttons, and capacitive buttons. So, you could have it like push a button on your smartphone. <laughs> Um, it's got a built-in timer. Like I said, it works on, on touch screens and you can make it like press and hold if you need it to. So you could have it, uh, long press and iPhone 10 R if you wanted it to, but, uh, it works. It integrates with IFTTT. If this, then that, uh, if this, then that, uh, so you can use it for that as well. And yeah, that is uh, available to you. I think, Stephen, we would we'll include a link in the show notes. See, absolutely, absolutely, excellent. So yeah, you can uh, check that out. And one of the things that I think is great is um, it's got this little or this series of little plastic um, platforms. That basically allow you to change the height of the button, so you know you can have it up super close to the surface, or you can have it stacked a little bit, depending on how you want it to be able to, you know, press and how far down it needs to press and all those kinds of things. So, uh, yeah, it, there is a will in a way, and it's called the microbot push. Mm-hmm.
1: You may need to build a little stand for it or something, like a whole contraption. (laughs)
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's going to be a whole thing. But when your Rube Goldberg machine is done, Brian, please do let us know and and send in some video or something.
1: Well, I think that does it. If you want to find links to all the stuff we talked about, head over to the website, relay.fm slash query slash 40. You can submit questions with a tweet using the hashtag #AskQuery. In the meantime, you can find Micah on Twitter at MicahSargent, and you can find me there as ISMH. Until our next episode, Micah, say goodbye. Uh, goodbye. Adios.